weeks ago, I had the pleasure of speaking at a conference, and uh, I realized at that point I had chosen the wrong time to speak. I followed the uh, survivor of a burn. It was a 98% total body burn. And, and just like following our last speaker, I realized today, third is not the best there, There's nothing I can say that will surpass that. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, I am an emergency room physician. Um, many people look at emergency medicine and they get this skewed view of what they see on television where people are uncaring and people are uh, cold and aloof. And um, when, when Mr. Garvey called me and asked me would I do this, I, I thought what better way to talk to my uh, members of the parish uh, I have my team here from the 1030 Mass, because I'm an usher. I'm a back-of-the-church kind of guy, and a couple of my colleagues are here. Um, but what we do in emergency medicine is virtually episodic care. You have a very defined period of time that you are in my care. Unlike one of my former students, Dr. Meyer, He's uh, done a very good job. I'm very proud. I like to think that everything he knows in medicine, I thought <laughs> that wouldn't be true. Uh, you either like me or you don't like me. And and the gold standard in emergency medicine is when a patient's laying there and you come up and they look up and they see your face and say, "Thank God you're here," as opposed to, "Oh my God, you're here." <laughs> so, it does have some humor. Uh, my daughter, who's in the audience, might consider me at times cold and aloof, but we deal, I work at Loyola, we deal with a lot of devastation. We see a lot of trauma, we see a lot of burns, we see a lot of uh, unintentional injuries and accidents that are, are very traumatic for the individuals. The story I'm going to tell you, though, is uh, not a traumatic injury. It was a, a patient who was a cancer patient. And this cancer patient came in one evening when I was working, and you could tell that she was virtually at the end stage, that there was not going to be any recovery from what was occurring at that point. I specifically chose the cancer patient, the story, because I don't think there's anybody in this room who hasn't had a friend, family member, loved one who has not been affected by cancer. And, and everybody knows that sinking feeling when a diagnosis is made or a diagnosis becomes reality. Um, and that propels you at times to do things for people that typically you may not do. And this particular woman who came in was alone. She did not have her family with her in the emergency room. And, and she was very scared because she knew herself that she was dying. And this was most likely going to be a terminal event for her. Um, why is that important? Because I think that people see emergency departments as places where there's a lot of fast pace and trauma and accidents and decisions that are being made. And that does take place. But there's a reality that we know in the emergency department, and, and we kind of chuckle about it, but it's true. 
There are no atheists in foxholes or in the trauma bay or in the emergency department. Uh, and it's amazing how many people suddenly find, find their religion, whatever that might be, when they're laying there in the emergency department. The other thing that's important and, and the crux of the story is that you will not die alone. I mean, I work with a staff of about 125 people, including nurses, physicians, and chaplains. And we do go out of our way to ensure that anybody, we don't know, but anybody who comes in is not dying alone. There is going to be someone holding their hand, saying a prayer with them, because we're a Catholic hospital. But this is what we do. This is why we went into this profession. Uh, and many times that I'll hear people say prayers, prayer that you get better, prayer that you survive. Uh, my challenge to many individuals, and this was brought by the burn survivor, is he said, don't pray for me to do anything. Simply pray that the right thing happens. And, and his, his point was not to pray for me, but to pray for what's best for me. And, and that's a whole paradigm shift. I mean, even the children in school, if someone is sick, they'll say, let's pray for them. And, and maybe what we need to start teaching is, let's pray for Joey, Billy, Bobby, and pray for what's best for them. Because sometimes living is not always the best. And as that burn victim said, he goes, everyone was praying for me to get better. He goes, no offense, I was praying to die from the pain. So it's a paradigm shift. It's something that once in a while I think is a gut check, a reality check. But it is something that we need to hear. Next thing I like to talk about is, what do you do if you're faced with going to the emergency room? I mean, no offense, I think a lot of people are faced with that reality. Inasmuch as Dr. Meyer keeps office hours, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, there are times you can't get in. And his staff will say, well, if it's that bad, go to the emergency room. Mm -hmm. Pre-plan. Don't come to the emergency room without planning for yourself. And what do I mean by that? If you have a power of attorney, if you have a living will, if you have important papers that will provide people that you've never met before direction, bring it. There's nothing worse sometimes than we go through a big resuscitation, we put tubes, chest tubes, catheters, blood draws, all this extraneous equipment, and someone comes in hours later and says, there was a desire not to do anything but comfort measures only. And, and everybody feels bad about that. This is the things that we need to know. Be patient. Uh, an emergency department is just that. It's an emergency department. The most pressing emergency will take priority over you. And I frequently will get calls from people saying, I've been waiting four hours I still haven't been seen. And I'll turn and say, be happy because the person we're seeing now is so much sicker than you. They would love to wait four hours to be seen. Um, with that in mind, 
be the patient. If you have questions, many times people will get startled, they'll get surprised, they'll get befuddled. Write them down. Write your questions down so when the staff comes in, the doctor comes in, I don't take offense if you have a list of questions that you have written that you want me to answer. Because there's nothing worse than me leaving the room and you're still not satisfied or unaware or you have questions that are confusing you. At the same time, don't have expectations. Uh, I frequently will see people will come in and say, oh, I'll be out in an hour because I didn't see anybody in the waiting room. And 30 seconds later, the helicopter is landing with a sick child or a trauma patient comes rolling through the door and, and then a couple hours later they're standing and looking at you going, hey, why, was, why did it take so long? It, and we all feel good about the work we did and then we come out and you get yelled at. So it happens. Time is important. Many times, time is critical to some people, but also time is necessary to ensure that what we're doing for you is the right thing. And what I mean by that is we do need some time to ensure that medications are working, treatments are working, that the expectation is when you leave, your clinical course will improve. That takes time. Uh, America has become the hot, fast, and now society. I mean, no offense, when was the last time someone in this room sat at a Woolworths counter and waited for the hamburger platter for 30 minutes? If you had to wait for 30 minutes, and I remember a day as a kid going to Woolworths, that was the big trip, to sit there and get that hamburger platter with those cottage fries. And now if you were to wait 30 minutes for a hamburger, you'd be calling the manager, you'd be complaining, they'd be giving you free hamburger. America has become a hot, fast, and now environment, and healthcare cannot be that. Sometimes it does take time to see if things are working. So what has 25 years in emergency medicine taught me? And I think I heard it from both our previous speakers. It is what it is. I, I mean, man plans, God laughs. I've heard that phrase. Uh, the reality of it is, it can always be better. And my goodness, it could always be worse. So take it for what it is, roll sometimes with the punches, at least in emergency medicine. You're always welcome for coffee, but you're not always welcome to have to be a patient. So, with that, I'll leave it for questions. No emergency stories. <laughs> Is there a better time to go to the emergency room in the day than... It's a great question. Uh, it brings me to a story of a gentleman who came in at 5 o'clock in the morning and he complained at that time of a, a, a little bit of a social problem. And I said, boy, how long have you had this? He said, well, you know, I started it a couple days ago and part of the gifts they keep on giving when you have these little social issues and I said, well, why did you wait till five in the morning? And he goes, because I knew no one else would be here. <laughs> so if you're an early to bed and early to rise person, that is a good time. But keep in mind, staffs typically change about 7 a.m. So you are going to be getting the people that have been up all night. <laughs> Any other questions?
Thank you for the opportunity.